You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. the Son of God is because Jesus didn't honor them. They wanted Jesus to tell them they were doing great. They wanted Jesus to tell them, boys, good job. But he wasn't going to do it because they weren't doing great. So they wouldn't honor Jesus. They rejected him. If we reject that which is true, we will ultimately believe that which is false. And since they were not willing to come to Jesus, they left themselves wide open or a terrible deception. If you don't believe in Jesus, it's time to evaluate what do you believe in. In today's message, Pastor Dave will warn you that if you aren't giving your heart to Jesus, you're opening the door for deception to come in. You're giving the enemy a place to start, and he'll take advantage. Don't let him get even the slightest foothold. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 5 as he begins his message, Stand for Christ or Fall for Anything. You are turn to John 5. We are specifically looking at verses 43 and 44. So if you want to turn into your Bibles to those two verses as we get ready to dig in and dive into God's Word to see what He would say today. This is an interesting study. It didn't quite go the way I thought it was going to go. It went a different route, but that's the Lord for you. He always takes me in different places. So I hope it's profitable to all of us because I learned a lot while I was putting it together. So let's read Gospel of John 5. I'm going to read verse 43 and 44. I'll read aloud if you'd like to follow along silently. Gospel of John 5, verse 43. Jesus is speaking. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me, If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God? So let me begin with a quote from one of my most favorite authors and commentators, Warren Wiersbe. Quote, if we reject that which is true, we ultimately will believe that which is false. Let me repeat that. If we reject that which is true, we will ultimately believe that which is false. So we're still in that part of Scripture where Jesus is defending himself against the Pharisees' accusations. Remember, he healed someone on the Sabbath. He made a lame man of 38 years walk on the Sabbath. And they were railing at him. They were accusing him of breaking their law pertaining to the Sabbath. Jesus has been defending himself now in what we've been calling the claims of Christ. And as we studied this, Jesus is filling the leaders' minds with all sorts of things, and they must be boggled by now. They must be sitting there like, what? What's he saying now? Remember, he declared himself to be equal with God. 
He declared himself to have power to raise the dead, power to judge. And they must have been really, really bothered by this. But they weren't willing. They weren't willing to come to him. They weren't willing to acknowledge that he was the son of God. They weren't willing to acknowledge his premise and preeminence. They weren't willing to give honor because they wanted all the honor for themselves. A sad situation. Remember, they had a threefold problem that we talked about. They had a problem with mind. They had a problem with their will. And they had a problem with their heart. They lacked love, specifically the love of God. They were puffed up because of their knowledge. They knew the scriptures backwards and forwards. They knew them. But Jesus said, you missed it. The scriptures speak of me. And you missed me in the scriptures, throughout the scriptures. They refused to come to him because of pride and vanity. They had a lack of love in their hearts, as we said. They didn't have God's word abiding in them, so they wouldn't come to Jesus. They failed to recognize him. Their attitude towards God's word became a hindrance to their faith. Imagine that. Their attitude towards God's word actually became a hindrance to their faith. My prayer that none of you find that when you study God's word, that it becomes a hindrance to your faith. And hopefully today we might explain some of the things that I've been hearing lately, some of the things that have been circulating lately. But not only was their attitude towards God's word a hindrance to their faith, but their attitude towards one another was a hindrance. They wanted everyone to esteem them. They wanted everyone to esteem them. Like I said, we're going to move around a little bit. So in Matthew 23, you don't have to turn there because I'm going to read it. In Matthew 23, let's read the first 12 verses here. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, These scribes and these Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. In other words, they sit in a high seat. They sit in the judgment seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to the works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one little finger. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. Remember, the phylacteries were things they wore on their head, boxes that they wore in their head, and they used to stuff scriptures in there. Some of them wore them on their arms, and they would make them great big so people would go, ooh, they really must be holy. They'd walk around with these things sticking out of their heads. They loved the best places at the feast and the best seats in the synagogue. They love greetings in the marketplace to be called rabbi, rabbi. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, for he who humbles himself will be exalted. They were doing just the opposite. They were the real ones that Jesus was saying, do as they say, but don't do as they do. Don't do as they do. They didn't seek the honor that came from God. They didn't care about the honor that came from God. They were more concerned with what you thought about them than what God thought about them. That's a dangerous place to be, folks. It's an extremely dangerous place to be. 
The reason they didn't honor the Son of God is because Jesus didn't honor them. They wanted Jesus to tell them they were doing great. They wanted Jesus to tell them, attaboys, good job. But he wasn't going to do it because they weren't doing great. So they wouldn't honor Jesus. They rejected him. If we reject that which is true, we will ultimately believe that which is false. And since they were not willing to come to Jesus, they left themselves wide open for a terrible deception. So we look at verse 43, and you can read through it again. In verse 43 of John 5, I have come, Jesus is speaking, in my Father's name. He's already told them that. He's already called God his Father. And you don't receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. I looked at this, and I said, what's he saying here? What he's actually doing is he prophesying. Jesus is actually prophesying of one who will come. One who will come in his own name, and they all will honor him. He's prophesying. He's basically saying, hey, guys, you won't believe in me? Fine. Somebody else is going to come along, and you're going to believe in him, and you're going to have problems. You're going to have major, major problems. Since you rejected the truth, you're going to fall for anything. Since you would not come to Christ, they were opening themselves up to this huge deception. They were going to be deceived. And here Jesus is telling the religious leaders that there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day when your descendants would embrace a false Christ, an antichrist, one who comes in his own name because they sought the honor of men. He would come and he would give them honor for a while. He would give them honor for a while, but then he would turn on them. But because they rejected the Son of God, they're going to believe the false Christ, the Antichrist. And this really boggled my mind as I studied it. And I started to go to all different places. So turn with me now to those thrilling days of... No, uh, turn with me now. Nobody got that. Come on. Come on. Lone Ranger, turn with me now to those thrilling days of yesterday. Come on, guys. Oh, man. That was good. I work hard on this stuff. Come on. Anyhow, I digress. I apologize. Look at 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul is rewriting the Thessalonians now because they're still confused about the day of the Lord, about the rapture and all that's going to happen. They're still confused just like they were when he wrote 1 Thessalonians because in 1 Thessalonians 4, he talks about the rapture. He talks all about that all the way through the end of the chapter. In 2 Thessalonians, he still wants to hammer that home. They're having a problem doing this. So let's read from um, verse 1 to, let's go to 12 again. Verse 2 Thessalonians 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be too soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And here it comes. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you may know what is restraining that, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. 
whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Praise God. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception, among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. He says it twice. They didn't believe the truth. Stand for Christ, fall for anything. They didn't believe the truth. So what's Paul saying here? Paul's basically saying there's consequences for rejecting the truth. There are consequences for rejecting the truth. And he's kept, now, he's talking about a period known as the Great Tribulation. He calls it the Day of Christ, the Great Tribulation. Sometimes it's called the Day of the Lord. It's called different places. But he's talking about this period. It's a time frame, however. But there is a man of sin revealed here. A man of sin is revealed. So the time before the Great Tribulation can be identified with certainty particular person known as a man of sin must be revealed. Paul points this out clearly. He was telling these people in Thessalonica, you were worried about the, that you were in the great tribulation. You're worried that we missed the rapture because how can we do that? You're worrying for nothing. The man of sin hasn't been revealed. He hasn't been revealed yet. Why are you worried? Why are you crying? I hear rumblings of people worried about the rapture even now. People worried about the tribulation that's coming. People worried about these things. We haven't been taken out. We're still here. There's a restrainer happening, and that restrainer is the Holy Spirit. He's holding things back. But I tell you right now, I can look into the world situation, and I can see God with his hand in the Holy Spirit going like this. It's almost as if you can see his hand pulling back as the world gets crazier and crazier and crazier and all these other things happen. Jesus said, when you see these things happen, look up. Your redemption is nigh. When you see these things happen, look up. We're looking up, but we're, not, we're still here yet. Plus, the man of sin hasn't been revealed, so how can we be in the tribulation? The man of sin has not been revealed. It can't happen. And there are many interpretations of who this man of sin is. You have, oh, he's a system, or he's an office. Some people think it's a secession of popes. Others think it's a kingdom referred to by Satan himself. That's not what Paul's saying. From the earliest times in Christianity, from the earliest writings in Christianities, this man of sin is a man. He is a man. He is a human being. He will come with great prominence in the last days. It's described throughout Scripture as a man. Daniel, listen to what Daniel calls him. In 926, the prince who is to come. In 823, the king of fierce countenance. In 1136 to 45, calls him the willful king. That's not a system. That's a man. He's talking about a man. And this is the person that Jesus is describing in our Scripture today. One will come. One will come along. You're going to receive him. Oh, you're going to puff him up because he's going to honor you. And you like to be honored. You like to be honored. You like people to say, you're great. We're going to lift you up. You're cool. You like that. You don't want to be humble. You don't want to be last. You want to be first. Oh, this guy's going to come. Oh, yeah, he is. This is the 
spirit of the Antichrist that John talked about in his epistle, first epistle. But this is the actual Antichrist. He's called the son of perdition. What does that mean? It means destruction. He's the son of destruction. He is the opposite of salvation. It means his character is marked by destruction, by pain. Ultimately, this man is going to want worship. This man is going to declare himself as God. He's going to allow the Israelites to build their temple. For three and a half years, they're going to build this temple. They call that the tribulation period. When the temple is ready to go, he's going to dedicate the temple. And he comes to dedicate the temple, and he goes in. He just doesn't go into the temple. No. He goes into the holy of holies. He goes into the very presence of God himself and tells all who are listening, I'm God, worship me. I'm God, worship me. You can read about it in Revelation 13, Matthew 24. It's all over the place. This is called the abomination of desolation by Daniel. It's called the abomination of desolation by Jesus himself. We've talked about it throughout the holy thing. The Holy Bible talks about it constantly, clearly. It's the counterfeit Messiah. It's the one that Jesus is talking about. Somebody's going to come. He's going to come in his own name. He's not going to come in my Father's name. He's not going to come in the Lord's name. He's going to come in his own name, and he's going to tell you, worship me. You're going to fall for it. You're going to fall for it. And just at the right time, it says that the restrainer, who is the Holy Spirit, will be taken away. Now, the Holy Spirit is not completely removed from earth. Because how do we know that? Many people during the tri tribulation, many people during that time will be saved. And in order to be saved, the Holy Spirit needs to be present. All right? He just won't be a major force. He will be drawn back by God. But he still will be present. You can read about that in Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. But it says the lawless one will be revealed. This is him. This is this man, the lawless one. And Paul states two certain things about this man. Number one, he's lawless. He's lawless. He's going to be revealed when the Holy Spirit goes away. He's lawless. And the bright side of that is he's going to be destroyed. He's going to be destroyed how? The brightness of Jesus when he comes. The brightness of Jesus Christ when he comes will destroy this man. And here comes the kicker. The Antichrist, as we call him, will come with power. He'll come with signs and wonders. He will come doing all sorts of crazy things. And people will be ooing and aahing. He's got to be this. He's got to be that. If you don't believe the truth, you will fall for anything. If you reject Christ, you will fall for anything else that comes down the line. Just because someone has spiritual power, signs and wonders, is not enough to prove that they're from God. Satan can perform those works and will perform those works. You need to know the truth, this deception that's going to take place, however, will not take place in those who have received the love of truth. To those who have received Jesus Christ, this is not talking to you. You will not be here. You will not be here. All this takes place after the church is gone. After the trumpet sounds and with the twinkle of an eye, we're out of here. We're gone. Up in heaven forever with him. I go to prepare a place to go. And when I go, I'm going to come back and get you. So where I am, you can be. We're not bothered by this. 
But we worry about that. I have people worrying about it now. People are worried about this. They're scared. They're worried. Look at the sign of the times. Oh, my gosh. More earthquakes than ever before. Bigger hurricanes. Fires. Oh, my gosh. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the good news, folks. It's going to get worse. Especially if Christ tarries. Remember the beginning of birth pains? Ladies out there? Ow. Oh, you think I might be in labor? My water broke. Oh, I don't know. That's the first sign. Then what happens? Oh! Then what happens? Whoa! Right? The birth pangs. Right? Over and over and over, right? That's what's happening to the earth. We're in birth pain. And they're getting faster and faster. Just like labor, ladies. They get faster and faster and faster. Remember? Nah, you guys don't remember that. Come on. It gets faster and faster, and then all of a sudden, bam! And then all the pain goes away, doesn't it? Because either you've had an epidural and you don't care, or the baby's there. Well, that's what happens. Birth pains, and all of a sudden, Christ appears. Christ appears, and we see him. We see him as he is, and he appears, and he receives us, and we meet him in the air. And we go home. It's called the rapture. Praise God. These deceptions are going to happen to those who reject that truth. To those who reject that truth, this will happen to. This will happen to. God sends them the lie. Not a lie, but the lie. The big lie. The big lie. And it hasn't changed since Adam. Hasn't changed since Adam because the big lie always has been, has God really said that? Has, has, come on. Has God, it's been well over 2,000 years and he hasn't come back yet. Come on, you're believing in ancient scripture. You're believing these things. Come on. These are the same people that have fight to death that all of everything Socrates wrote is absolutely true. They'll fight you to death for that. Yet the lie hasn't changed. You know, you've often heard it said that we need to be rooted and grounded in the truth. We need to be rooted and grounded in the truth. Or we need to be rooted and grounded in what we believe. Let me put it that way. But what if what we believe is wrong? What if what we believe is wrong? Do you know there are those who deny that God wrote the Bible? They deny that this was penned by the Holy Spirit. They deny the virgin birth. They deny the cross of Jesus Christ and said it, it was a defeat, not a victory. They deny these things, and these things are being taught. They deny that there's a hell. They deny that you need to repent. You need to confess Jesus as Lord. Oh, everybody can go to heaven, because after all, all roads lead there. And we're all children of God, right? Uh, wrong answer. Go to the end of the line. We have to know the truth. We must know the truth. We must know the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear anything today, you must know the truth. This is the truth right here. You are a sure We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.